Hello, and welcome to another episode of Artbox. I'm your host, Jason. In this episode, I traveled down to Richmond, Virginia to talk to Johnny Dollar. Johnny Dollar is a visual artist whose work is a mix of pop surrealism and cyberpunk. He signs his paintings with his real name, then covers his name with a piece of masking tape and signs that with Johnny Dollar. As you'll learn in the interview, the masking tape is a form of encryption. It can be removed at any time to reveal his real identity. We talk about that in a new piece he just finished and his YouTube channel. So with that, sit back and relax and enjoy the interview. So how, how did you get your start on crypto art? And why did you? Well, you know, it wasn't really, didn't have a name as crypto art. Right. Uh, I was just an artist and I'd been kind of going down this path of technology and how it, you know, affected humans and we interacted with it. And I discovered crypto around the same time and I had had problems with capital controls, traveling around, just my name mixing, getting confused with others. And I realized the power of this. And, you know, a little bit of the gold bug stuff. Yeah, you know, down that path. Listen to libertarians and anarchists and the crypto anarchists. I came from that end and uh, I started kind of moving forward and crypto art just sort of seemed to make sense. And I met some guys up in New York and they were tokenizing art. And I found that fascinating. I was like incorporating uh, wallets and private cryptography into my paintings and they're actually using it to tokenize their art. And I didn't really know what that was. And I spent months just kind of diving into it and I learned a lot about it. So that kind of slides into this question of, uh, could you give a brief description of your art? Because you do use a huge, actually a surprising amount of reference to digital realm. And also in your paintings, you also have a token in there. And before we started the interview, we were I was talking about, that's one of the things I like about your work is the fact that you found a way to merge uh, this kind of reality that we're in and then the digital world in, in one painting. And uh, could, I don't want to give, give the reveal away, but could you please, sir? Sure. Well, you know, real name's not Johnny Dollar, obviously. So uh, sign my real signature on the painting. And then I cover it with masking tape. I call it masking tape encryption. And then I sign Johnny Dollar over it. You know, it has a lot of purposes, but the main one is it's a symbol, you know, of of privacy or, cause if you want to know my real identity, you could just rip off the masking tape. And that's just a metaphor for our sense of false sense of privacy in like in the digital world. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing though, that, that's just why I like about it is because if I want to know who you are, I got to destroy the painting in order to get to that. And I also will destroy the, you know, maybe potentially the value, but this day and age, you could say it would go up. Potentially, potentially, you know, um, it isn't really done to be a value thing, right? but it, it sort of became that way. I was actually started this a few years ago, and I thought it, someone would take the tape off immediately. But no, people have bought the paintings and kept the tape on. You know, yeah, I, I would be one of those people. That would take the tape off? No. That no. would keep it on? That's everyone has. I realized how much people really want to know about privacy. At least there was an audience that really got it. Like this started to be just like an art project. And it is, but it's kind of grown into, uh, I've learned a lot about just privacy, uh, technology with our privacy. We could delve deep into this. Um, you know, we live in an age where, um, you know, privacy is just, you know, not a thing people think about. They like younger people don't even consider it. You know, privacy, I say often like uh, privacy is about the, the future, not the past. Hmm. You know, people be like, oh, you know, well, I've done nothing wrong. I got nothing to hide. Well, it's like, 
you might have nowhere to hide. No. It's it's really like not about what you did in the past. It's about the future is if if someone knows what you did, a different stimuli, how you reacted to it, then they'll know how you react to future stimuli. That's right. Now I'm more scared. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I don't know what's worse, that or getting bitten by ticks in the middle of the night. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. That the I think the dog would say ticks. <laughs> I think do you want another treat? Is that why yeah. you're <laughs> like I said, don't worry, we can edit stuff. So No, know. that was perfect timing. That uh, was. I might keep them in there actually. All right. Uh this question is could you give a brief description of what crypto art is? Brief description, that's tough because a lot of people are trying to claim that moniker. Um, some people simply anything that does with cryptocurrency, painting a logo. And they'll say that's crypto art. Maybe it is. Some people say it's art deals with cryptography. Mm. And that's really, you know, the, the true old school crypto art. People have been adding secret messages and paintings for centuries, if not millennia. Yeah, millennia. Yeah. yeah, that's crypto art. But a lot of people are kind of tying that word to art that is tied to a token, an image that has a token reference to it, you know, without getting too deep into the technology. Yeah. Because if people want to know, learn more, they can just literally type in their crypto art and they will be bombarded with just about every piece of information they can find. Correct. So. But yeah, I mean, to simplify it, it's, let's just say it's uh, the common word is uh, tokenized art, art that has a digital token you can trade online. Right. That is a very apt description of that. So could you just describe your style of art or a better way to ask it is like your approach? Uh, approach. Okay. Well, um. As far as process, my style has been called post-pop surrealist. Some body said it because I think they were just drunk. But, <laughs> but I, you know, it kind of stuck because there's no better word. It's really just um, I kind of approach it like a surrealist as far as it comes from the unconscious, like the dreams. And post-pop, just because I use symbols of symbols. I use a lot of imagery that, you know, that I've seen through my life. We've all seen that are just kind of like hieroglyphs and symbols to me. And I kind of put them together. Right. Like with this piece over here, you know, you have, uh, what's her name from the Oz? Something like Fever with uh, John Travolta. Yeah. They're both like icons and symbols. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of in, in there. And like, you know, I'm asking myself questions. I'm really just kind of painting visions that come to me, but mm -hmm. they sort of makes sense about stuff I'm thinking about. You're letting the viewer look at a, basically a conversation you're having with yourself. Not to sound like you're crazy. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> okay. some of the work was, you know, it's like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. And this is what I'm going to use these symbols to represent the, to what I'm trying to say. Yes, but in a more indirect way. Okay. It's less I'm, uh, I'm not really out to say something. Mm -hmm. It's just these are different ways of communicating. Like emojis, like I, we're in an age where these symbols are mean things and they mean things depending on what's before them, what's after them. And that's kind of like these symbols, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, maybe I was a kid that was just kind of babysat by the television for 16 hours a day or, you know, a long time as a child. I, I have a memory of watching the letter people. You remember the letter people? I do remember the letter people. Yeah. And I remember the T for teeth. <laughs> maybe i should add that into some one of my projects actually but uh that, that sorry so anyway um <laughs> you, you kind of get where i'm going with that yeah i yeah, know yeah. no, i actually i 
And now I'm going to be thinking about the letter people the rest of the afternoon. Because that also adds into this other question, which I'm just going to ask it and we can use it as a speed bump. Where do you get the inspiration for your work? But and you pretty much already answered that with, with contemporary and pop and making it a more of a surreal make world. So, yeah, you know, a lot of times they're dreams. Like I'll wake up in the morning and sketch or just an image pops in my head and yeah. I draw it. They don't come fully formed. You know, they come out and like I'll sketch it and then I'll right. look at it later and maybe rearrange composition and do things like that. But in general, they're like, like my explanation of a painting is as, to some or is as good as yours in the sense that like if I tell you my dream in the morning and you explain it to me, it's as good as mine. You know, if you know what I'm saying. No, I understand. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of times it's like that. Yeah, I'd like to say there are some people say, oh, it's so smart. Don't get me wrong. Every now I have an idea and I'm trying to be clever, yeah, you know, as yeah. we all are. But at the end of the day, I just have like images pop in my head and I want to make make that exist and try to make it aesthetically pleasing hmm. on a most basic level. What is the importance of parody and social commentary in your work? Parody in and social commentary. Yeah. You know, I think in one sense, it's to help me understand it. Hmm. You know, I think a lot of people come at things like that social commentary and they're giving like an essay, like they're telling you an opinion. Like most of the time, I'm just asking a question of myself and the whole thing is a question. You know, I'm just trying to understand these things most of the time. And, and the comedy comes from, you know, hey, having fun, got to laugh at this, you know, because there is, you know, there's there's some there's some humor in it all. Well, there is in your work. There is, and and that's a great way. It's like a, a welcoming mat, so to speak. You know, because you lead them in with the, the humor, and they, they they leave crying. <laughs> not not to kind of that sounds a little harsh. I apologize, but no, no, no. I've, I've, <laughs> I wish I'm sure I you've heard point. worse. I have heard worse. I've have heard worse. You know, from my collectors. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. these are the people who collect the work. Yeah, you know, it's... over time. How do you think of your work and those of a similar theme define a new decade? How do we define the decade, a new decade? Right. Well, uh, this is more of an opinionated question. Like, um, how would you define the decade and those who are doing other similar work? You know, I would define this as the decade of peak culture. Hmm. Now, if, if you want me to really lay it down. So what I'm saying is, it's Johnny Dollar telling you, we are at a peak culture, kind of like the... Hellenistic era and different eras like that. It was the peak of their culture is they had all the artists had done it all before. So they were just grabbing things from the past and recycling, remixing all the different historical mythology of different cultures and different styles. And that was right before they were, they were coming down at that point, like culture had peaked. I feel our culture has peaked, at least in the sense that everywhere I look, everything's just a remix of a remix. Yeah, and and we're just speaking in remixes, and uh, I think that's a sign. We're, you know, I don't know when, I don't know how, but I feel like this has got to, this is like coming to an end. We've overbuilt our culture. I mean, kids are kids and artists, kids like not even artists reference music from seventy years ago, fifty years ago, all the time, and it's and we all know these songs. We we might not know exactly where they come from, but we kind of understand the symbols they they express. Yeah, man, that's kind of it. Like, mm -hmm. I, I really think we're kind of at that, I don't want to say pre-apocalyptic, because, you know, I'm trying to be on a lighter note, but, <laughs> you know, a peak stage of culture, you know, like the cycles of culture, well, cycles I, of civilization. What I was going to say is like, it doesn't necessarily mean apocalyptic at all. It's just that it's, 
a shift. Uh, a good analogy could be that like when the, the, the poles shift, like from north to south, as an example, that was a dramatic shift, but it didn't stop the, the planet spinning. So, but I see what you're saying. I mean, it, it's, cause it's interesting is that if you were to ask uh, anyone today about any kind of mosaic period or something like that, or, uh, or, you know, the dark ages or the Gothic era, you know, they wouldn't get a lot of those symbols. When you think about it, now we have the internet, so to speak. Now we have this collective high that's storing all this information. Is it because of that, that maybe we have clips and maybe we'll have a hard time trying to move into a new direction? I mean, I think a new direction will come, but the question is, does this stuff last forever? Right. Is it, or is it technological hubris? You know, those yeah. Sumerian scrolls or whatever they used to like little make those things in clay. I mean, I'm probably, you know, not, I don't have any exact numbers, but they found a lot of them. They can't read them. They've read a few of them. Like this just data lost. That's true. And eventually this data will be lost. You know, I mean, at least historically speaking, that's, oh, yeah. you know, like, we don't know that much about the Phoenicians' art. That's and true. they were a great civilization for years. I'm yeah. the Carthaginians, And, I mean, you go th through them all. I mean, we, we've heard of Gilgamesh, but I'm pretty sure they wrote something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they did, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, kind of going back in the theme of, like, getting people to understand crypto art and all that stuff. Are you concerned about uh, converting the quote-unquote normies in order to appreciate your work? Uh, no. Not at all. Not at all. I, I would like, because I kind of mentioned before, I'd like the work to stand on its own aesthetically and first and foremost as a creator. And then moving forward, maybe or maybe not. It's like the joke within the joke, the yeah. dance within the dance. It's maybe it's it's for those, you know, wink and a nod, they kind of get it, you know, and uh, that's kind of the best kind of joke. Yeah, no, actually, those are kind of the best jokes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking of one. Well, yeah, and I kind of agree with you with that because once again, I think that your work is kind of like it, it does suck someone in because of the, the references. You know, everyone gets Yoda and, you know, Oscar the Grouch as an example, you know, um, to kind of let people know I'm surrounded by your stuff. So I can't help but turn it and look at it because this, this painting is a great example of that because you have these two figures who are kind of in a visual balance of each other and compositional speaking, and then you just start looking at all these other little visual arrows and they start sucking you in into the center. And, um, you know, I was always taught don't use the center, but you have no problem using the center, which is nothing wrong with that, but it does suck you in there. And I, I, I love that as you're going in there, the Yoda and, and Oscar still keep the balance and keeps it more of a visual arrow in its own right. And anyone can get that, you know, you don't need to convert them. Yeah. So, but that I had to ask that question because I was kind of curious what you know what your feelings on that would be. Yeah. No, like you said, they they have the symbol. They try to be aesthetically pleasing. There's the color palette. Um, if you wanted the explanation, I would do it. You know, I wouldn't want to. Your audience probably doesn't want to hear it because they can't see it. But I'll well, tell you, no, they they should go see it on your website. They should. It's coming and, soon. It's right, coming and, soon. This um, is fresh. I've just finished this painting. But yeah, I, I love your color palette on it. And, you know, it's it's nice. And like I said, they kind of balance each other, a visual balance as well as a physical balance. And it, it's also kind of almost speaking about wisdom, <laughs> you know, because like I said, I haven't seen this before, but there is the wisdom that goes on because even Oscar would uh, dispense some wisdom from time to time. Absolutely. Well, you know, the way I, I describe it is, you know, there's these Merkle trees that are kind of, similar to TV's tune to a dead channel. Right. And they're kind of seeking the truth and the integrity. 
at the same time, there's this duality with the chaotic nodes that work in their self-interest mm. and their selfishness actually brings strength. So the two together is what really brings the strength to the blockchain. So that's why you added Yoda to that, because I could imagine Yoda saying that in Yoda speak. Well, you know, yeah, like you said, that, that balance of, you know, space and, but it's also a philosophy yeah. of, you know, community and altruism versus selfishness and self-interest yeah. which has a dignity dignity to itself you know uh, you know oscar the grouch never went crazy over the letter s nope <laughs> yeah you know there's a yeah you, you just <laughs> you'd actually be bothered that's why he was grouchy huh. so uh so kind of moving on so yeah yeah, yeah no no it's fine oh, yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. it's that's I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I like to have fun with them so for sure well that if you're not, you know, um, not to quote that lady about home cleaning, it's like, if it doesn't bring you joy. I mean, there, there is some truth to that, I admit. She's right. But I stop it at the books. No, I ain't throwing a book away. Uh -uh, that's no, 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 no. That's... Um, <laughs> I want to preface this before I ask. So when I was doing a little uh, research on you, yes, I did some internet stalking on you. Okay. Which okay. is, but it's like you said earlier, it's that's the past and it's already out there. It's the future I should be worried about. Um, I came across a YouTube channel that bared the name The uh, Johnny Dollar Show. Okay. And I wanted you to tell me a little bit about that. I wanted to know, learn more about that show. You only did a few episodes. And, and I, I wanted to know, first off, how did you come up with the idea? And secondly, um, why did you stop? You know, I came up with the idea because... I had a lot of people asking me these questions. I really just wanted to make this exist. Uh, the reason I stopped, I'm still, I get requests and I, I'll do more, but as you know, well, there wasn't a lot of people watching it. I think you have to build that for yeah, sure. You have to build that, yeah. And that's not the, the problem. The, the thing was, it took a lot of time to edit. Yes, it does. <laughs> it would take eight hours to edit a 10 minute video. Right. Or for me, you know, I didn't have the, the, the chops, the skills, uh, I'm still learning, but I was like, this is a lot of work. You get faster I, the more you do it. For sure. But it's a lot of work. I was like, guys that crank out those videos, I realized that's a full-time job, you know, or they have a ton of assistance. Or Yeah, some of them do. Like, if you kind of like, um, yeah, because like you, I started realizing a lot of these YouTube guys, it's like they have a job, and yet they're able to produce these things once a week. And then I started to kind of really do into background. I started, some of these guys, like you just said, they have an assistant or they have a buddy that helps them. And or, yeah, they don't have a job and that's all they do because they get enough viewers to basically support them doing that. And it's like, geez, I, I, th I just think I got in the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, no, I've actually this uh, last week, uh, you know, just a YouTuber friend. He does a lot of Twitter. His name's Ken. And he was like. You can name drop. It's okay. yeah, his, his name's Ken Bozak. He's, he's kind of he's he's a he's a he's a Philly guy. He's, he's, he's known for uh, calling out a scammer, a scammer. He's just, a, he's a great guy. Well, but, if you ever talk to him, tell him I appreciate him doing that. Okay, cool. I will. He, you know, he does his videos and he's like, you know, he doesn't edit them. He said, man, just push play and talk and yeah. then stop and just, and just roll like that. You know, as the artist, I had this vision of like, I wanted to do the giant dollar show. I had a, like a, I remember as a kid, they had those shows that, you know, like the guy would watch a horror movie, yeah. maybe Elvira or Spengel. And somebody, if you might, remember these old shows and 
like it would be a host that would like guide you through a show. And it yep. was like, it was fun, kind of, kind of a lighthearted macabre. Yeah. And I wanted to do something like that, you know, like, you know, contemporized, you know, and I still may. Uh, I st- well, I, I, um, I'm going to stop you there and say, I want you to. The why I even brought that up because it is another outlet that you could explore as a creative, like, like me with doing the radio show. You know, it's another great outlet to help exercise other parts of your brain you didn't know that you needed to exercise. So I'm going to be the first to tell you, please bring it back. And I'm sure that you will have a format. Once you get settled, come up with a format. And I'm sure that uh, the more you do it, there'll, there'll be people who will be willing to help. So don't forget that. Thanks, man. And uh, I'm not trying to kiss your butt, but. <laughs> no, man, I appreciate it. No, I appreciate <laughs> this words of wisdom. It's true. It is, it, is, it is a lot of work. I mean, like uh, an average interview that I do with people, it takes me about um, the minimum of five to 10 hours to edit for radio, not for video. Video is a little more loosey goosey in a way, but that has more issues than radio when it comes to editing. Because that, you know, radio, because you don't forget, I also have to add an intro. I got to come up with intro music. And uh, for my radio show, I create the music. I do everything. And uh, not to sound egotistical, but that's just, this is just the way it is. Yeah. And um, it it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of work of passion, you know, because like I tell people, and I told you this when I first asked you to do the show, it's like, this is a platform for you. And I want to make sure that you get the platform for it. So that's maybe, that's why I want you to bring back your show. Okay. We'll do, man. Long story I, short. Bring no, no, show. awesome. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That, that's, that's actually very inspiring to, you know, because you're, you're doing this. You're making it happen. I'm making it happen. Yeah. No one's going to do it for me. So I might as well do it for myself. And I'm actually having a ball. I mean, you know, I, came, I drove down here. I was, you know, uh, had a great time. I was looking forward to it. I'm surprised I didn't get a speeding ticket. You know, I, I might have to edit that part out. <laughs> but but uh, that kind of sets up to this other question, which... Um, I'll ask this one first. Yeah, because okay. this is another one that I think that you will actually enjoy answering. Um, if anything could be called art, in air quotes, what would be the point and or value of fulfilling that label of calling it art? Yeah, deep question. All right, so let me... I know you can... I, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a visual person. I'm going to repeat the words, so... Well, here, here's the card. All right, all right. Yeah, it's the one that's the last one highlighted. If anything can be art, what would be the point and the value of fulfilling that label? Okay. Right. Okay. Wow. I think, you know, like, yeah, I don't want to give out the standard, but like at the end of the day, like art's a form of communication. Yes. Now, whether that communication be literal, through emotions, feelings, and it's something that it's kind of like, you know, art, when you describe, if you see art, you can't describe it. Truly. Hmm. And if you're really describing it, it doesn't capture it. It's like going to see the Grand Canyon. A photo will never hmm. really capture it. No. Just like words can't really, at least not for me. Maybe a great poet can, but uh, yeah, art is to express a feeling that has to come out. Something that's come to me that keeps coming to me, and unless I let it out, I will be, my mind will punish me in a sense right. uh, um, in some form or another. And we all have that. We all know that that thing we that we want to do that we need to make. And once we make it, it's like this great relief. And it's really completed when someone else sees it or hears it, you know? Yeah, no, that that's valid. And it's, it is a, um, a very complicated question to kind of try to answer. 
But um, it, it, I agree that it, first and foremost, on the most, there's two things I think about immediately when I, when I think of that question for myself is the answer would be, yeah, there is this desire, this need to to create or make something. And then the other factor is that it's, it is an eye of the beholder kind of thing where it is something that you view it and you just know it, you know, because some people will define it. I mean, I, I know for a while when I would think about this myself, it's like, what would make art if it's in a particular room, like a gallery? Or is it a particular spot, like in this one spot in a park in this one area? Does that make it art? And uh, or given in a label of that? And so I, I think the above answer is maybe yes. And, and you know, because at the same time, you have to make people want to make things, you know, um, not to go down that rabbit hole too far. Humans are good at making stuff. I will say that. Yeah. Now, and it's a two part process or I guess yeah. a two. There's more parties involved, like. Yeah making art that'll never be seen is not art or that's that's interesting yeah yeah like if you if you if you write a beautiful song and no one ever hears it you know it's not complete till that cycle is completed you know that yeah that's 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 valid that's valid yeah because it part of the process is then is to expose it yes to hmm. express it because it's also i don't want to say it's selfish it's just really not completed you know, yeah. a, a song, I don't feel like the song has been, had the life it deserves or the, like, if you could, you know, and, you know, give it a, a human anthropomorphize, I'm going to mess up the word, anthropomorphize yeah. the song, like that song is not really satisfied until it's heard. That, that would be my, my thought, the song, the painting. Well, almost anything for that matter, yeah. right? Dance, the, the, the show. Right. Exactly. No, that's. Hmm, that is interesting. I'm going to probably think about for the rest of the day, besides the letter T from the letter people. <laughs> so uh, what advice would you give your past self or to other artists? To a younger version, like a just starting out, yes. it would be find the master of the craft. Go learn from that master. And maybe keep traveling. Find a new master and just keep mastering the craft. And once you have... You know, you be that master. And to be a master means you'll keep practicing and learning your craft the rest of your life. Because that's really what it's all about. Um, that would be the one advice. The other part would be art is not defined by a select few people. Mm. You can be an artist doing thousands of different things. Like the art world, even, even as a painter, you know, that's fractured to be... You could just do portraits. You could do the gallery scene in New York. You could do Southwest paint and landscapes. You could paint, you know, graphic design. You could do drawings of, for corporate stuff. You yeah. could draw, you know, uh, game design, like on and on. Like don't limit, you know, your definition of an artist to something you've seen on TV or in school or what someone tells you, because it's wide open. You can be creative lots of different ways and don't confuse your income with your profession. Hmm. Don't be scared to invest. You know, lawyers have investments, bankers have investments, yeah. artists can have investments. And, and that's valid, yeah, that's valid. Well, uh, thank you again for doing this. It was my pleasure. I want to say thank you to Johnny Dollar for taking the time to do the interview. If you want to learn more information about Johnny Dollar, you can go to his website at johnnydollar.biz or you can go to his Instagram page at johnnydollar.biz. To hear this episode and past episodes of Artbox, you can go to the website at artboxdnv.com. You can also go to Artbox's Instagram page at artboxdnv. 
Until next time, thank you for listening.